Salutations, friends, and welcome to another episode of Nerddom and Knowledge. First in your podcast list, last picked in dodgeball, I am Jerry. And I am James, and it is always a pleasure to come here. And I can say that now because this is episode two. The podcast so nice, uh, we did it again. Is that, that how they go? Uh, yeah. The, the podcast so nice, we did it twice, I think. Oh, that sounds a lot better than what I just said. <laughs> Today's episode, of course, is D&D story time. Story time, kids. Story get your stuff, time. Get your stuffed story animal, time. curl up in the bed, wrap up in your blanket, and get ready. No, it's not that kind of story time. No, we don't want you to go to sleep. Well, we hope you don't go to sleep. We hope so. We yes. hope so. But we're going to be regaling you with uh, a few lesser-known facts about the Dungeons & Dragons universe and some stories from our own playtime. And as always, uh, we want to start out by giving a shout-out to some friends of the show, our good friends over at JoyConGamers.com. You can also find them on Facebook under JoyConGamers and on Twitter at JoyConGamers. That's JoyConGamers, where news is for gamers, by gamers. And we can't forget about our friends over at Kalis Boutique on Facebook. Uh, you can find them very easily. Just search K-A-Y-L-I-C-E Boutique. Uh, they have a great assortment of clothing and accessories for infants and toddlers. Don't forget that is Kalis Boutique, where the items are unique. And we have some friends from the TikTok universe that we want to give a shout out to. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have recently gotten on TikTok and have actually found some great support out there from a few friends, and I want to take this opportunity to just name a few of them. Uh, I'm going to be using their handles on TikTok so it's easier to find them, and also they didn't want me using their real names. Yeah, there's legal purposes. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Actually, we have no intention of getting into it at all. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, first, I want to give a big shout-out to I'm Your Guilty Pleasure. That is I-M-U-R-G-U-I-L-T-Y-P-L-E-A-S-U-R-E. Yes, you are. <coughs> Thanks, Jerry. You're welcome. Uh, but seriously, uh, this guy's great. He's got some funny content, some funny videos, and his live shows on TikTok are just amazing. Uh, he's actually will um, have people go on his show, give him random words, and he will actually create a story off the cuff in just a few minutes. And that is not even his real skill. He, it's a great skill he has, but that's not even what he really does for a living. Uh, he's a really great guy. Go follow him on TikTok. Do it. If you're not already following him. Do it right now. Second, well, wait. Finish the podcast. Then, then go, go follow, follow him on TikTok. Yes. yes. Secondly, I want to give a big shout-out to Melody Ladybug. Melody. And that's pretty much Melody like a song. Lady is in, that's what she is. And Bug. As in the things that fly around your head when you go outside during the summertime. Yeah, exactly. Citronella candles, folks. Yep. Use them. Uh, Melody is a very talented artist. Uh, you can go check out her videos on her page on TikTok. Uh, she is amazing. We literally just watched does. her uh, paint something uh, with spray paint. It was phenomenal. Exactly, exactly. She is amazingly talented. Uh, definitely go give her a follow and a like on her videos. Uh, can't really say enough nice things about her. She has been super supportive of the channel. Uh, finally, I want to give a shout-out to Great Things to Come. That is GR, the number 8. T-H-A-N-G-S, the number two, and then C-O-M-E. 
She is actually an OC cosplayer, Jerry. What? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big uh, into cosplay. Definitely. Uh, now, for those of you who are not familiar with how cosplay works, most of you get the image in your head of somebody dressing up like uh, a character from The Walking Dead, like Rick or Carl or Negan. Stay uh, in the house, Carl. Yeah. Uh, but there is actually a type of cosplay called OC cosplay. And for those of you who are not familiar with that, that means original character cosplay. Yes, character you designed, created yourself. From just your own imagination, and you bring it to life. Uh, great things to come. She is an amazingly talented makeup artist, uh, amazingly talented at coming up with a, you know, just a whole palette of what she needs to come up with this character, jewelry, any accessories she needs. She looks phenomenal. Go check her out. Go follow her on TikTok. Like her videos. Uh, she's absolutely great, and she's got a great sense of humor. And guess what else, Jerry? What's that, James? She plays D&D. What? That totally ties into our show today. That's crazy. Silly people. Like, did you think we weren't going to tie this back into the show? Come on, man. Come on. Uh, Give us more credit than that, folks. Come on. Like, not a lot of credit, but we're getting there. Uh, And, of course, as always, uh, you can reach us at nerddomandknowledge at gmail.com. We spelled it three times last episode, so we're not going to do that again. You can find us on Facebook at Nerdom and Knowledge Podcast and on Twitter at NerdomK. You can also give us a follow on Instagram where we promise eventually we'll post some photos. And if you like our show and you want to support us in a a different way, you can always become a patron of the show at Patreon. Just do a search for Nerdom and Knowledge Podcast. You can find us on there. Uh, Anything that you would like to donate would help. We're not going to tell you how much to donate or how little to donate. That choice is yours. And uh, we can't say it enough. Uh, anything you donate to us, we will greatly appreciate because we are funding this out of our own back pockets, which is fine. Well, front pockets for me. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing shorts. They don't have any back pockets. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're not having to put a whole lot in, of money into this, but we are putting some of our own money, which is fine. And we're happy to keep doing that. Yeah, we are. But if you want to help out the channel, we will greatly, greatly appreciate it. And we will probably shout you out. Oh, we'll definitely give you a shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, finally, there are a few individuals. We just want to take one final moment right here to thank who have been uh, actually doing groundwork, actually legwork out on, out in the streets, going out and about when they can, what little bit they can right now, obviously. Yes. But uh, they've been actually getting out the word about our podcast, and we want to take a moment to just name them real quick. Not going to take a moment. Let's see. We have Brittany who by chance is now handling our social media, and we are very grateful to her for that. Absolutely. We uh, we actually we were so grateful we doubled her pay last week. Uh, unfortunately, two times zero is still zero. Yeah, but we're getting there. I promise you, Britt, we're going to get you some money. You got some tacos coming. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Brittany, Charlie, Christina, Daryl, Kenny, Kevin, Kayla, Will C, and Will W., now, Will W. is also designing what, Jerry? The Nerdom and Knowledge Podcast logo. Official. <laughs> mic drop. We can't drop the mic, so they're very expensive. Uh, but uh, the intent here is to have something that we can, you know, generate some merch out of. Maybe some stickers. Uh, maybe some pins. Eventually a t-shirt, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. You never know. We could get crazy and put this on underwear. You don't know what we're going to do. Might even put it on toilet paper. Well, maybe not toilet paper. Yeah, no, that's a... That's a that's Actually, weird. you know what? That's weird. It, that, that may end up uh, being a, an option. Who knows? 
They yeah. had Spaceballs branded toilet paper. It they worked. did. They did. They did. So now, of course, we're here today to discuss Dungeons and Dragons. And incidentally, for those of you haters out there who might be listening in, no, we do not have pentagrams and candles. We're not sacrificing chickens. Well, I ate some chicken nuggets earlier. Yes. That he, might count. He, he sacrificed the hell out of those chickens. <laughs> um, really? It was quite a sight to behold. Call me out like that. Hey, I'm just saying, man. I've never seen somebody swallow a nugget whole. It was pretty impressive. Okay, no, folks. I did not swallow the damn nugget whole. Jesus. Oh, while we're on the topic, real quick, uh, if you are under the age of 18, there's some language. A little. A little bit. A lot of bit, maybe. It, it just really depends on the mood. Yeah, for, for clarification, um, the stories that we're going to be regaling you with are uh, stories that we either received from listeners or stories that we experienced in our own playthroughs, and let's just say that our uh, groups are adult in nature. Is that a delicate way of putting that? Uh, that that would be correct. That would be a probably really, probably the best way of putting it. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, to start with, we're going to give you a little bit of D&D history for those of you who might not be familiar with this particular subject. The game is, of course, Dungeons & Dragons, created by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. It was first published in 1974 by TSR, that's Tactical Studies Rules, for those of you who did not know what that meant. It was picked up and published by Wizards of the Coast since 1997, uh, Wizards of the Coast, of course, of Magic the Gathering fame. In 1997, it was split into two categories, Basic D&D and Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, AD&D 2nd Edition came out in 1989. That's the one where I got involved in D&D. That was my pickup. And it was followed by third edition in 2000. Uh, now, third edition is where they picked up the current D20 system that is available for you to use with a multitude of games. 3.5 came out in 03. Fourth edition in 08. We don't talk about fourth edition. And then fifth edition came out in 2014. First rule of fourth edition no talking about fourth edition. Yes. No indeed. additional rules are needed because it, nobody plays it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, now, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, D&D, not, they don't just release the main game. They have a great selection of supplemental adventures, online resources, various tools to run your own campaign. You can actually take it and make it very unique for yourself. Yes, one of my favorite things about D&D uh, is the uh, variety of things that you can do with it. You can create your own homebrew world, uh, which I do constantly. Uh, you can run it directly off of the source material. It doesn't even have to be involved in Dungeons and Dragons. You can take the D20 system and apply it to anything. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to use some terms. We're going to try to break them down for you. Homebrew, basically, that's a term that just means you create it yourself. Yeah, like I a mean, craft beer. Yeah, exactly. So we'll try to, if we use a term, we'll try to stop and take a minute just to explain it, just so no one's lost. Absolutely. Of course, now, as James alluded to just a few minutes ago, in the 1980s, uh, D&D faced some backlash for its artwork featuring uh, naked breasts on some creatures, which led to some speculation that it led to Satan worship, delinquent behavior, uh, suicides. There was actually a movie that came out in the 80s uh, starring Tom Hanks uh, that was based around that particular subject, which I don't think I've ever seen. But I have actually watched it. Uh, I will go ahead and tell you, um, if suicide is always a tragic thing, Always. There, there's never a, never any time that I have ever seen a situation where it would be anything other than tragic. I don't ever foresee there being a situation where suicide would be anything other than tragic. 
this is this movie was supposedly based on real life events supposedly uh, I'm not gonna say that's false or true I don't know I don't have that information I uh, did try to find it couldn't find it if you know the information please feel free to send it to us at nerdomandknowledge at gmail.com thank you uh, now this movie does not to me put D&D in the proper light because the movie almost seems to portray that D&D took this man down this road. Now, they do kind of allude to the fact that the person in the movie, the main character Tom Hanks plays, was troubled anyway, but there's not. it leans more towards the D&D aspect than it does his own mental health, uh, which I don't feel is a very fair portrayal. Well, obviously not. I mean, if you have other issues going on in your life and then... Uh, you latch on to something that becomes a focus. You know, it can become become a situation where it gets past the point of a hobby, uh, becomes almost something similar to an addiction. And then at that point, uh, you know, there's a... If you don't have an avenue to seek help, then you could be led down a dark and winding path. Uh, now, we're not telling you this little tidbit to off-put anyone who commits suicide at all. No. Whether they it was because they enveloped themselves in the D&D world or drug addiction uh, or whatever it may Deep be. Deep bouts of depression. Uh, whatever it is. Uh, if you have had a family member who committed suicide, let me tell you, my heart goes out to you. Yes. Personally and truly. Heartfelt, it does. And if you've ever had that sort of thought yourself, please know that there are people out there who, who love you who want to help you, who are willing to listen to you. So before you take that step, reach out to somebody. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's all kinds of suicide hotlines available all across the nation. This got serious for a moment. It did. It got really serious. I feel like there should be like a little PSA thing above our heads right now. Which no one could see because this is audio. I mean, well, technically they could imagine it. Yeah, I guess. I, you know what? Imagination. Since, since, since we are talking about imagination, you know what? Just picture there's a PSA light above our heads. Yeah, sure. That's part of the whole D&D process. Now, before you go down that road and say, well, only nerds play D&D. Well, hello, buckaroo. I got some information for you. There are a lot of famous people, famous people, who enjoy playing D&D. Spurs legend Tim Duncan. Late night host Stephen Colbert. Vin Diesel of Fast and Furious fame. That's right, folks. Vin Diesel. Yes. The D's. I probably should not call him that. Vin Diesel, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We're, we're both sorry. Yes. I didn't even say it, and I'm going to say I'm sorry. Yeah, he's going to apologize on my behalf. Yeah. There's Robin Williams, John Favreau of Iron Man fame, Joe Manganiello. And guess what, ladies? If you liked a certain movie called Magic Mike, yeah, it's that Joe Manganiello. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Felicia Day of the Guild fame, Deborah Ann Wall from uh, True Blood, who was also uh, in that with Joe Manganiello, uh, also from Daredevil in those shows. Chris Hardwick, Matthew Lillard, Jared Way of the Umbrella Academy and My Chemical Romance fame, Anderson Cooper, the Silver Fox himself, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Patton Oswalt, Terry Crews. Terry Crews plays D&D. Come on, white chicks? And I'm going to throw out just one more name here. If you are a wrestling fan, I bet you know a gentleman by the name of Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show. Well, it's The Big Show. Yes, he plays D&D. Yes. But we're not going to go into any more, but there are countless more we could Tons. name. D&D is for everybody. It's not just for nerds and geeks. 
you know, it it's a it's a way to escape from, you know, the day-to-day dumb drums of, you know, whatever you're going through. It's a fun time, people. Trust us. It's fun times. Fun times. So, now, before we get into the stories, uh, while we were doing some research uh, for this episode, we came across some really interesting facts, and so we thought we'd share a couple of them with you. The first one that I found the most interesting to me was that uh, this actual game, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, was not additionally originally designed to be its own edition. Uh, it was designed to be a companion piece for a game called Chainmail. Uh, but the people who created Chainmail and uh, you know Gygax and Arneson could not agree on a way to move forward. So they just said, you know what, screw it, we're going to go make our own game. And that's how Dungeons and Dragons was born. And I thought that was pretty neat. And the rest, as they say, is history. It is. Uh, if you are in prison, you cannot play D&D. Why is that, you ask, James? Well, I'll tell you. Because in order to play D&D, you require four people. And you know what's amazing, folks? I just really didn't even ask. But I was about to. It sounded like you did, though, right? Because I do a great James impression. Ha, 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 ha. I'm just saying it was pretty good. <laughs> but if you, in order to play D&D, you need a group of four or more people. And in prison, under prison rules, that's considered a gang. So in prison, if you are a D&D player and you wind up in prison, God, we hope you don't. But if you do, you're hardcore. Tell them you play D&D. You're rolling hard. That's right. Probably don't tell them you play (laughs) D&D. Yeah, you'll probably get hurt. That that, that would probably not end well for you. (laughs) Uh, And actually, uh, another fun fact, most of the monsters are actually based off of misshaped toys that Gary Gygax picked up in China. He bought a little container of uh, what he thought were like prehistoric dinosaurs and things from a toy shop in China, open it up, and they were completely misshapen. They didn't resemble anything that had ever been in like the dinosaur historical record. And so it's like, ah, these will make neat D&D monsters. And so that's where a lot of the forms and everything came from. Inspiration comes from anywhere, folks. It really does. Speaking of which, there was an actual uh, troupe of um, actors and musicians uh, in Australia who made a stage production out of D&D, they actually took their campaign and turned it into a musical play. That D&D they, the musical, folks, yes. if you can believe that. Yeah, but you figured like it would be a party full of bards, right? Because all the music and everything. But no, they had a bunch of different things in there. It was kind of neat. Uh, the film The Last Witch Hunter, oddly enough, is based entirely on Vin Diesel's personal D&D character. Yes, he had a character that he um, talked about a lot on different radio shows. And uh, so he actually took the idea of that character, brought it to the people uh, who were responsible for the film. He was like, I want to make this movie. And you don't say no to Vin Diesel. He'll hurt you. Well, you could say no to Vin Diesel, but as Jerry just alluded to, it would not end well for you physically. No, it wouldn't. That man's triple X. What are you going to do? One of the things I thought was absolutely hilarious, apparently uh, in third edition, there was a rule loophole. Uh, that meant that cats could murder humans. Um, what this came from was that in any attack uh, that was uh, that was was used had to deal a minimum of at least one damage. Uh, and cats had a multitude of attacks. They had two claw attacks and then one bite attack. Uh, human characters, NPCs at that time, NPC is a non-player character, just like a character that exists in the universe. There we go, folks. We're explaining terminology See, look for at that. you. That's, that's nerddom and knowledge. There you go. See, we're doing it all day. 
Uh, but humans only have like four to five hit points. A hit point's like a life point. You lose one, you, you eventually use them all, you're going to die. So a cat could, you know, theoretically do four to five damage to a human and murder them in a single attack. So yes, I've said this a long time, cats are evil. And D&D proved it, they can murder humans. Uh, we'll agree to disagree. I'm a cat person myself. Moving on. All right, moving on. Uh, the 2001 game Ruins of Myth Darnor. I think, am I saying that right? Uh, Myth Dranor. Actually, Dranor. I misspelled it on the sheet of paper. Okay, that's that's on that's on both of us. We'll we'll both take that one. No, that's totally my L. I'll take that one. No, I've actually played that game, so I should have known. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah, we'll both take the L. Uh, is based on the Elven City in Forgotten Realms. Uh, would delete your system files if you didn't patch it before in uninstalling it. Uh, forcing you to reinstall Windows. Yeah. That was actually just a glitch in the game when they were coding it. Yes. Very and odd. you got to remember, this is back when, you know, you couldn't just go steal a copy of Windows off the Internet. We're not saying to do that. Definitely don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's stealing, and stealing is wrong. It's wrong, and you're a bad person if you steal. And we don't mean that as a joke. We mean that for legit. Yes. Otherwise, you'll wind up in jail. And yeah. if you go to jail... Don't tell people you play D&D. Exactly. Unless they're playing D&D when you get there. Let me put it to you this way. If there's a and d gang when you get sent to prison, join it. Number one, you know, strength in numbers. Number two, you're going to have fun. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Uh, we're nuts, folks. We're nuts sometimes. Something like that, yeah. So, we promised you D&D stories. You probably thought we were just going to sit here and wax philosophic all day. No, we're going to give you stories. And so James has a story he'd like to start off with by sharing. Okay. Uh, there was an adventure I ran. Now, uh, we were talking about the <coughs> supplemental adventures. Uh, <coughs> in the, uh, I believe it was the mid to late 90s, D&D uh, &D came out with a supplement called Birthright. Birthright is just basically D&D, &D, but you actually, your character can rule a kingdom, uh, which is actually kind of fun. It is. it is. I have played Birthright before. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, now, as being a ruler in this, uh, you actually have certain options you can do in the game. You can actually create laws for your kingdom. You can actually raise taxes, lower taxes, do things to make your people happy, do things to piss your people off. I don't know why you do that, but you could. You could. You had Basically, you could be a, uh, a tyrant, or you could be a benevolent overlord. Exactly. Uh, so, anyways, one of the characters in this campaign, whose name I forget, I am sorry, I did forget the name of the character, but he was a wizard. Uh, now, I'll tell you, give you the player's name. The player's name is Charlie, but uh, he decided that he was going to make a law. Uh, in his country, there were mountains, vast mountains, great for mining. He decided to create a law, Jerry. Do you know what that law was? I don't, James. Please regale me. He created a law that no one was allowed to shit on his mountain. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna repeat that. He created a law no one could shit on his mountain. It seems oddly specific, so I'm going to assume that there's a story behind why that law was created. Uh, you would be wrong, Jerry. He just decided he did not want anyone to shit on his mountain. It was his mountain. He wanted his mountain clean. Huh. I that, mean, it makes sense. But it seems oddly specific to come out of the gate. Like, we're making a new kingdom. What should our first rule be? 
No shitting on the mountains. Weird flex, but okay. So, anyways, he decided to not just make this rule, but he decided to look immediately to me. I was the, what's called the dungeon master. Uh, I prefer the game. I prefer the term game master to dungeon master, but, you know, tomato, tomato, it's fine. So, he decides to ask me, has anyone shit on my mouth? I decided to, oh, say, okay. So, I did a random roll, and there was somebody living in his mountain. Guess what he did, Jerry? I'm going to go out on here limb and say he took a giant dump on said mountain. He did. So, he said, what does the guy look like? I decided to do a random roll. I rolled like a D100 to get an age. Turns out the man was 87 years old living in the mountain. Ah, good ripe old age for retirement. So, what does what does Charlie do? Charlie casts a spell, an attack spell, and kills the old man. Like that. Just done. Dead. In the game, we call that a one-shot. Yeah. And... I just look at this character. I just look at the guy, Charlie, and I'm like, really? We're doing this? He's like, yeah. Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't understand, James. His words to me verbatim. No one is going to shit on my mountain. Nobody. Not even old people who can barely control their bowels. <clears throat> so I decided to start naming off player characters. I'm like, okay, they take a shit on your mountain. He goes, dead. They take a shit on your mountain. Dead. And we spent about 10 minutes going through, and I even moved on to real-life people, not characters, real-life people. I'm like, what if they showed up on your mountain and shit? Dead. He did not care. A wild man. Until I told him a dragon took a shit on his mountain. Yeah, at that point, you got to really rethink that rule. Yeah. So then he amended the rule to say only dragons could shit on his mountain. Good change. It's a yeah, quality I, change. I would dare say. But uh, just so you know, folks, he did try to attack the dragon. He did try to attack a dragon. I'm sure it failed miserably. Uh, yes. Yes, it did. And see, that just goes to illustrate, you know, that you don't have to necessarily take a game of D&D &D seriously. You know, there are people out there who enjoy the lighter side of things, you know, as a, uh, you know, as, as a comical escape from reality, as it were. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not really anything more than a bunch of friends hanging out and just doing stupid, wild stuff that's just funny, entertaining. We all have a few good laughs. Absolutely. There's never a dull moment at the table. That is true. That is true. Uh, Jerry, you have a story for us. Yes, uh, one of our listeners and good friends of the show, Kayla Clark, submitted her version of a story uh, for a game that she ran. Um, game starts off with a uh, tournament uh, put on by the gods, and a number of the gods had to pick a champion to battle in their honor. The prize for the said, uh, you know, tournament was a wish. Now, in the game, uh, the wish spell basically allows you to do or undo uh, anything that you want. Um, typically, the rules specifically for the wish say it has to be, you know, some sort of thing that you can actually do in the game. But uh, most DMs, GMs kind of let it ride with, you know, what if you if you word it right, um, you know, I'll let it happen. Now, this is a very important point. Um, you know, it, uh, us DMs, GMs, we don't intentionally set out to sabotage you. 
It's not our intention. Now, there uh, are those that do. Yeah, absolutely. But if you come to a point where you're going to be using the most powerful spell in the world, wording is key. And I, as a particular DM, um, you know, if you give me a wish spell, I'm going to tell you, be very careful with how you choose your words. Just a little word that I want to put out there for you, a little word of advice. So in her game, uh, Bane, one of the gods, uh, chose a half-orc paladin, and Mask, another god, chose a rogue monk tiefling who had a knack for potion making. They were each allowed to bring a plus one to assist with the mission. The paladin brought his bard friend, of course. Why would you not bring a bard? You get entrance music, you get fighting music, and if you win, you get victory music. If you end up dying, you get a funeral dirge. I mean, it covers all the bases. Uh, and the Never really looked at it that way. See, see what I'm saying? It makes sense, right? It does. It really it does. does. And so uh, the tiefling knew a wizard he could bring with the right temptation. The wizard had a crush on the half-orc, so knowing he was going and there would be an opportunity to impress him, she joined the adventure. Of course, and there's any opportunity to make herself look better with the bard was not a, a missed opportunity as well. Uh, they journeyed over the seas to a set of islands along with a number of other champions picked by the gods. Their task was made to make their way to the temple in the center of the island, battling any creatures or, or foes that they came across. The two groups made their way there, battling different teams, including the bard's estranged mother. Like, I can't even imagine being pitted against my mother. I think I would just have to lay my sword down. I, I would lose. Yeah. Even if I attempted to start that fight, which I would not, I would probably just yield. Well, apparently the tiefling uh, wanted to poison her and leave her for dead. The paladin spared the woman for his companion, and then the four of them made their way into the temple. Before them was a dark elf who applauded their efforts, but proclaimed himself the winner. The group battled the individual, uh, not to be disheartened by his arrogance. The dark elf proved himself to be too powerful for them, as often your foes do. Your big bad is supposed to be a little bit better than anybody else that he comes across, but eventually he's supposed to be defeated. He commanded the paladin to drop to his knees, and when the paladin refused, the dark elf said, even at the expense of something dear to you, in a flash, Dark Elf disappeared, appearing beside the bard. With a magical orb in his hand, he pushed his palm into her chest, embedding it within her flesh and binding it to her life force. The Dark Elf revealed himself to be the conscience of Sirik. Sirik is a god as well, contained within a mortal share after his defeat at the hands of another god, and his wish was to be his powers have them returned to him. He vanished, leaving behind a taunting chuckle to haunt the crestfallen paladin and his companions. The gods projected themselves into the room. They argued over who was at fault for allowing such a thing to happen. Bane looked at his beating champion with anger in his eyes. He disowned such a weak champion and stripped the paladin of his deity granted powers. Now lost and enraged, the half-orc took a blade and flayed the flesh that contained his tenants from his arm. After this, the half-orc switched from being a paladin to being a fighter, training under a samurai, the bard multiclassing the sorcerer, after rece receiving the cursed orb from Sirik. So can I just go on record and say, that is absolutely fantastically written. That is. Like, that is. I want to read this book. I'm not, Kayla, if you're listening right now, make this book happen, okay? Yeah, and uh, reserve a couple of copies for us. We'll pay for them, but yeah, reserve us a couple of copies. I'm not paying for mine. Give it to me. I, I have I have no words. What? I have no words, folks. I just, I, I'm just saying, like, I gave her the idea for the book. Preloader. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. Allergies. You got a little God. something in your throat there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, just for the for this example here, okay? It starts off with a simple concept, right? Tournament of the Gods. You involve players on behalf of the gods. And these players now have to 
complete a mission. What is the mission? You know, flesh that out. Uh, you got your big bad, the Dark Elf, who actually turns out to be uh, an avatar of a god. You know, there's 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 so many deep um, layers to a story like that that you can actually flesh out and, you know, run with. That was probably, you know, a few nights uh, of play. That could have been a year-and-a-half-long epic adventure. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. could have been fleshed out that far. That That's one of my favorite things about Dungeons & Dragons is I like telling people I'm a sucker for a good story. Uh, whether it be a personal life story experience, whether it be a book, whether it be a movie, uh, a TV series, an animated cartoon, it really does not matter. If the story is good, I'm hooked. Yeah, absolutely. And the quality of any good story, um, in my opinion, uh, is the hook that you bring into it. Um, you know, you can have a, a great story, but if there's nothing that grabs the reader or grabs the listener and draws them in to the story, you might as well just be farting into a fan. Yeah, pretty much. I don't recommend you do that, though. Yeah, especially if you're married, you'll make the wife or the husband angry. Yes. And I'm not speaking from experience. Of course We call not. that a Dutch bakery, by the way. Of course he's not, folks. Of course he's not. <clears throat> anyways. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> so, anyways, uh, switching from a really good story to another funny story. Uh, I'm not going to tell you a full adventure story this time. I'm just going to tell you the story of a character. Oh, boy. Because the character in and of himself is is just... If you can picture this in your head, folks, you will understand. So now, b before he begins to describe this uh, character to you, uh, a little bit of backstory. Um, a small group of players uh, got together and designed this universe. Uh, and in said universe, uh, there are a lot of different characters, and all these characters have a specific quirk. Um, uh, the overall universe was, uh, was always referred to as Boat Boys. Thank you, Daryl. Uh, and so the idea behind it was that, you know, the pirate crew on a ship, everybody's got a three-part name, um, you know, and then this adventure went on for months, months. And then the core characters got too powerful to continue playing. And because of that, uh, all the players decided to create a secondary character uh, to be the um, appendage uh, of their prior character. It was supposed to be Apprentice, uh, but it was referred to as Appendage. By the way, I apologize for that noise. I was having difficulties with the mic. It happens sometimes, especially at your age. <laughs> Funny guy. Funny guy. I'm sorry. When you set them up like that, I just I, I got to knock them down. That's all right. That's all right. I will remember. I know you will. Okay. Love you, buddy. Mm -hmm. So that's the preface for the character that you're about to hear. So please continue. Okay, thank you for that intro. Uh, very important because that will help you understand why this character is designed the way they are. First of all, I want you to picture in your head Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. Yes. Get a good mental picture of Krusty the Clown. We all know Krusty the Clown. If you're not a Simpsons fan... <clears throat> you have the internet. I'm, I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm not. not. I, I'm not going to go negative. We're not going to address that. We're not going to be lowbrow. How but about... But you do have the internet, so just go look it up. We'll wait. Or you could think about Bozo the Clown. 
or Homie the Clown. Either way. Because Homie don't play that. That's right. So get get a mental picture of one of them. A clown with the two big tufts of hair coming out the side, almost looking like horns, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Now, picture that clown with a scar over their right eye going from about the scalp line to maybe about an inch or two away from the nose. Now, I want you to picture this clown has painted a scowl on their face. Not a smile. Not a smile. Not even an even look. Not even an eerie smile. A scowl on their face. Have painted it on. A frowny clown. Yes. Now, this clown's name is Slappy. 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 We're not going to... Well, no, we'll go ahead and say his last name. Screw it. Why not? Slappy McTitties. Yes. Slappy McTitties. Yes, folks. That, yeah. that was legit. That's no joke. That was what the person named their character. Mm-hmm. Slappy McTitties. Now, Slappy has two unique quirks. First of which I'm going to discuss. He can fit himself into, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, a one foot by one foot by one foot cube. You are correct. And Slappy's character is approximately six foot four. Six foot three, six foot four, somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. Okay. And Big dude. And tiny and, box. Yeah. And is not just like a skinny six foot four, six foot three, six foot four clown. Is actually a supposedly a actually well built six foot four clown. An imposing figure to look at, but can fit himself into a one foot by one foot cube. Yes. Magically. Of course it's magically. I mean, he could just do it normally. Okay. Right. Well, you know, I have to specify, some people that are listening don't play D&D and might be just getting the information. Yeah, but, I mean, those folks are sitting at home right there going, I'm sorry, you can't do that. I mean, come on, bro. We know we can't really do it. Yeah. But just in case some of you needed that clarification, I wanted to make it. Yeah, putting it out there. Full disclosure. Yeah. Now, the second ability that Slappy has... Slappy can blow on his thumb and inflate his hand like a balloon and hit you. And it's not like you're getting hit with a balloon. It's like you're getting hit with the hand of someone who is 10, 15 feet tall. So he can just blow on his thumb and slap the shit out of you. For those of you who don't know what just happened, James attempted to inflate his hand. Not actually, folks. Again, I understand... That's not something you can actually do. I was actually <laughs> illustrating because I forget sometimes that this is audio only. Yeah, I know. It's just funny. I look over and see you blowing air into your thumb. I was like, he knows I'm the only one that can see him, right? I do, but I temporarily forgot it, folks. Okay? It's okay because okay, you know. I'm sitting here talking to a microphone and gesturing with my hands like I'm talking to a crowd of people. It's, it's, it's what you do. Yeah, it happens. But anyways, so yeah, Slappy can inflate his hand and slap the shit out of people. And... Yeah. Inflict major physical harm. He can whoop you when he wanna. When he wanna. But just when he wanna. <laughs> just the mental image of a clown looking at somebody and going, "What?" Inflating their hand and bitch slapping you. That mental image to me is hilarious. But then it begs the question: Why would you sit around and wait for them to deflate their hand? Would you just run away? Uh, I I would think so. I would think the sight of someone inflating their hand and it actually legit getting bigger would make anybody run. Well, maybe he can do it as a bonus action so you don't have time to get away before he can slap you. Mm. Or maybe he's just that fast. It is possible. He could be like the Bruce Lee of frowny clowns. 
Yeah, that's that is very true. But yeah, so that's Slappy McTitties. Yes. And folks, I got to tell you, you, that is you cannot make this shit up. That you is, really can't. That is comedy gold. But the great thing is, is that you can make this thing up. If you whatever, you know, I don't even know how to word this without sounding uh, ridiculous. Whatever you know, thing you think about, uh, the craziest concept for a character you could ever come up with, or you can literally take uh, characters from real life and then translate them into a D&D setting. Uh, anything like that, you can do it in this game. Uh, if you were to go onto YouTube right now, uh, you could find tons of videos about how to make a character based on uh, Daredevil, uh, to make a character based on Ghost Rider, uh, to make a character based on Blade, um, <clears throat> you know, various characters from um, uh, anime, um, things like that. They're all out there. Or just something you came up with in your own head. Some crazy concept like a clown that can inflate his hand and uses a rubber chicken as a weapon. Those are things that you can do in this game. It really is a world of possibility. Okay, so it is that time. What time, Jerry? Party time. Wait, no, 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 no. Oh, the giveaway time. That's right. As promised on our first episode, we are giving away a $50 Amazon gift card. 50 bucks to Amazon. You can buy things on there. I know. It's amazing. It's crazy. So, um, we had quite a few listeners to our first podcast, and we appreciate that very, very much. 32 is the exact number, and that sounds like a small number, but you know what? For our first episode, we are grateful. We're super happy. However, we only had six people... Send in entries for the podcast, for the giveaway. Now, we're not saying that the 32 people who listened didn't listen. We're not going to say you skipped around. We appreciate you listening. But if you wanted to enter the podcast, just remember the instructions. We needed you to send in that email with the keyword. Yes, and the keyword was? Binary. Binary. So, with that being said, I have a sack in my hand. And he's got a bag of dice, too. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was going to get you. Really, bro? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so to in, in fitting with the D&D theme, I shall now put my hand into this sack and hopefully pull out a D6. There we go. That's your standard die, folks, for those of you playing along at home. Now, we have taken our six entries. We have numbered them on a sheet of paper. So this is completely at random. You're going to hear me roll the dice right. Well, hopefully you'll hear me. I hope the microphone's loud enough. If you don't, then I'll just assume you did. But I'm rolling the dice right now. And it ended up on number six. Number six, Kevin Craven. Kevin Craven, you are now the proud owner of one $50 Amazon gift card. Don't spend it all in one place. That's right. Well, uh, actually, can, technically, you don't have a choice. Yeah, it is Amazon. Uh, but don't spend it all on one item. Yes, spread it out. You know what? Buy yourself a new set of dice. There you go. Uh, thank you to everybody who did send in an entry. We certainly do appreciate it. Because it means you listened. Yes. Now, uh, we do have a giveaway for this podcast episode. And this week we are giving away a $50 GameStop gift card. Yes, GameStop. Now, you can buy a lot of stuff at GameStop. You can buy games at GameStop. Uh, you can buy miniatures for certain games. You certainly can. Pops, uh, Funko Pops. I'm a big fan. 
Uh, you can buy gift cards to online games. You can. You can even buy T-shirts, keychains, wallets. I don't think 50 bucks would get you a whole outfit, but hey, give it a shot. See what happens. And to go ahead and just give you a little bit of enticement, on next week's podcast, we're doing a little something different with our giveaway. Jerry? Yes. Uh, so we got this idea uh, that we are going to do a uh, like sort of like our own version of a loot box giveaway that we are going to be calling the Nerd Nest. Nerd Nest. You can't really say that with like the sinister voice. It, it is, it's, it's like the nerd nest, you know. But yeah, you're right. We'll go with that instead. Yeah, but it's okay. The nerd nest, kind of like the monster truck guy. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay, you know it's not a contest, Jerry. I'm just saying, if it was a contest, you would have won. No, they would win because they're going to enter. That's right. That's yes. a good point. That's a good point. So what we're going to do is we're going to be putting various items into the nerd nest. And we're going to be giving a series of keywords. And once the nerd nest is full, those who have submitted all the keywords will be entered into a drawing to win the multitude of items within the nerd nest. That's right. And you will get more details next week. Yes. Uh, We already have the first item that's going into the nerd nest box, but we will not tell you. No, we won't. Until next week. You're damn right we won't. You want to find out what it is? You tune in and you listen. And you listen good. That's right. And don't forget, when we do these giveaways, we'll give you the instructions. You email the word in. Speaking of the word, Jerry, what is the word for this week's $50 GameStop gift card? In honor of D&D and in honor of the fact that our podcast is on the Internet, we have gone with the word trolls. Trolls. Yes. I'm the grumpy old troll that lives under the bridge. (laughs) Yes, trolls. Because there are trolls in D&D. And there are trolls on the internet. Who spread nothing but hate. Yes. But that's okay. We don't have any hate for you. But they also provide a very valuable service. They guard bridges. Just going to put that out there. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just, we'll let that go. I think that's well said. Yeah, absolutely. So don't forget that word is trolls. And you need to email that word to us at nerddomandknowledge at gmail.com. That is N-E-R-D-O-M-A-N-D. K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E at gmail.com. He's four for four, folks. I mean, you got to give it up. That's all I'm saying. It's impressive. And that is a mouthful to try to spit out. It really is. We should have went with a shorter name. But... But our name is awesome, so we're sticking with it. Yep. And our other names were a lot worse. Yeah. They were bad. Yeah, we, Maybe we, we'll get into them one day. That day is not today. <laughs> yeah, definitely not today. All right, so uh, we do have one more story uh, that we want to share with you guys. Uh, and this story is from a campaign that we ran uh, with uh, our main group of players, uh, the people that we mentioned earlier uh, when we were giving a shout-out to our, our good friends of, of the D&D universe that have been helping us get the word out about the podcast. Uh, so I was actually the Dungeon Master for this particular adventure. Uh, and it had been an epic adventure. It, it spanned months. Uh, it had a little bit of everything. Intrigue, espionage, murder, and mystery, and you know all the little fun things that, that go into a game. Uh, it was a uh, homebrew that I'd put together. Uh, I specifically started this story. I went forward and I said, okay, well, what do I want the end to be? And then I sort of built the story back from there. Uh, so it, this was at the very end of the campaign. Um, the players had defeated the big bad. They had come back to the city. 
And so uh, an avatar of Bahamut appeared before them and granted them all a request. Now, some of these requests were pretty mundane, like I, I want a special sword. Uh, I believe that um, uh, Charlie wished for invincibility, uh, which was a no-go, unfortunately. Sorry, Charlie. Um, but one of the players wished for a deck of many things. Now, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with a deck of things, I'm going to throw it to James and let him tell you all about it. Okay, so the concept of a deck of many things, uh, that is a game tool that should, first of all, let me go on record as saying that should be rarely used, if ever. Balderdash. Yeah. Use it in every game. There, I said it. This is the hill upon which I shall die. <laughs> well, sir, you can die on that hill all you want. As a game, as a game master, dungeon master, whatever term you prefer, uh, I have had so many headaches because of this thing, but it's a cool concept. Yes. So it does wind up coming up in my campaigns no matter how hard yeah, I try so to. So how avoid does it. a deck of many things operate, James? A deck of many things is basically a deck of cards. It is not a full 52 card deck. It is a limited deck. I think it's maybe 26 cards. I, I believe that some iterations is 22 to 26 cards, yes. Uh, but basically, this is a deck that exactly half of the cards are good, give you something really great. Fantastic. But the other half of the deck is pretty, pretty shitty. Evil. Uh, you can have anything from gaining 50,000 experience points, and for those of you who do not know D&D, experience points is how you make your character stronger. Yes, better, and 50,000 in a single shot is a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's a major big deal. Uh, you can get anything from 50,000 experience points and a special high-quality magic item. You can. Or you can fight death. Yep. The actual incarnation in physical form of death itself. You can be banished to another plane of existence. You and can literally have all your possessions melt right off of you. Uh, or you can be granted wishes. Yes. Bad juju. Uh, you can be granted uh, a the service of a fourth level character. Absolutely. So that just decides, hey, I like you. I'm going to follow yeah. you for the rest of your life. Thank you, servant. Not, not necessarily a bad thing at all. Exactly. But it's one of those, it can help you or it can screw you. Real bad. Real bad. So, I'm going to throw it back to Jerry for his story. Thanks, James. So, in this particular instance, my players uh, got the deck of many things and they start drawing cards. Uh, and when you choose to draw, you can choose to draw one, two, or three cards. You have the option. Uh, so, the first player drew two cards. Uh, they got the 50,000 experience points, uh, and they got a lesser magical item. Going great. Second player draws a card. Uh, they receive some other uh, benefit, but then they also uh, drew the card where they were now hunted by an enemy that they did not know about but weren't aware of. But the enemy was aware of them, knew where they were, and would always know where they were, and would hunt them down until they either killed them or were killed. Then we take a sharp right turn. Real sharp. Uh, player draws a card, loses all of their items, and these folks had gathered a lot of stuff up until this point. Um, I'm a very generous DM when it comes to game baubles and things, uh, and so, I mean, they had gold, they had platinum, they had magical items, magical rings, magical trinkets, special armor, all melted, all gone. Uh, then another player drew a card and was banished to another plane of existence. Another player drew a card and was banished to the void. So at this point, the party, rightly so, freaked out. What are we going to do? 
Everybody's missing. Something has gone terribly wrong here. So at that point, um, they went to the wizard in town. Uh, said wizard later on would be found out to be a my uh, bad guy for the second half of this campaign. But they didn't know that yet. So the wizard went to them and told them that they needed a child, a human child, to power a ritual uh, that they would use to uh, reverse the, the, you know, the effects of the deck of many things. I just want to interrupt real quick. I played in this campaign, folks. I got to tell you, uh, you're going to love this ending. So um, at that point, the party was divided. Half of them were like, well, you know, it ain't my kid. I don't care. Uh, the other half was like, no, absolutely not. You cannot sacrifice a child, which is the right way to be. Um, but in the end, they kept trying all these different things. They couldn't figure out what to do. And so finally, after they had exhausted every possibility, everything they could do uh, to get back to the original situation, they finally thought they had figured out an answer to avoid using the child. So they tried that, and it failed absolutely miserably. So at that point, uh, one of the uh, characters, uh, played by Will, uh, had in his possession a magical doorknob that you could use to open a door into anywhere. Uh, so he literally stuck the doorknob into the air, turned the door, opened the door into this child's bedroom, walked in, grabbed the kid, walks back out, shuts the door, takes the kid to the wizard, goes, here, fix whatever you can do. So at this point, the wizard granted them a luck blade. Now, a luck blade is a weapon that contains wishes. And I told you before, you have to be very, very careful about how you word wishes with me. So the players took 20, 30 minutes. They're writing it down on paper. They're puzzling it out how to get the words exactly right. So Charlie's character uses the luck blade and uses it to travel back in time to the exact point before they drew the first card from the deck of things, deck of many things. So he appears before them, like literally standing across from himself, warns them off of picking the deck up. So he does. They don't do it. He fades from existence because now that timeline never exists. We're not going to get into temporal mechanics, folks. Now, for those of you who are following along that do play D&D, the person who drew the card with 50,000 experience points, guess what? They weren't happy. Do you know why? Because they lost 50,000 experience points. Yes, very much so. Everything Just that like basically that. happened the first time didn't happen this time, um, which created a whole separate set of events that led to the actual second campaign. But the beauty of the moment when they realize, you know what? There's nothing we can do. Doorknob, opens door, kidnapping, shuts door, fixes problem. It was fantastic. Watching the, the, the group go through that well of emotions from one end to the other and then back again. <laughs> It's, it's really just a, a, a thing of beauty, uh, especially when you have, like, literally divided down the middle. Half of them are, like, sacrificed kid. I don't give a care. The other half are, we can't do that. It's a child. Even though it's an imaginary child, they still couldn't do it. I, just, I loved it. It was an absolutely beautiful moment. And, no, we're not going to get into the temporal mechanics, but you got to remember, folks, yeah, they may have gone back and redone the draw, but guess what? The kids still have to be, had to be kidnapped. Yes, that happened originally. So that could not be undone. Yes. And, of course, everybody threw a fit about that. Well, some people did. Yep. Some people did. Half some the people group threw a fit about care. that. But that actually led to the whole series of circumstances for the second part of the campaign, um, 
which was the finale for those particular characters, which I think turned out really well. I feel like everybody enjoyed it. Um, I can't speak for my players, but they seemed like they did. So, Well, as a player, I can tell you I thoroughly enjoyed the campaign. Now, I was not present for the inv- adventure where they actually used the magical doorknob to get the child. So I came back in the next session, and I think I had drawn a card to get like 10,000 experience points. And first thing I hear when I walk in the door to play is, James, lose 10,000 experience points. What? Yeah, the drawing never happened. Yeah, sorry, buddy. We had to go back and fix our mistakes. Kind of like Quantum Leap. And I was one of the people who was playing a character who was not for kidnapping a child. So, like, I didn't get a say-so in the situation. No. I mean, it's fine that everybody got back, so my character ultimately was okay with it. But at the same time, finding out the kid had to be kidnapped anyways didn't sit well with my character. Yeah, the ends sometimes don't justify the means. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a thing. That happened. It really was. It really, really was. Uh, but we get we couldn't get into a lot of details. There's a lot of little intricate little jokes and uh, interactive relationships between characters. And that's on one of the, in these campaigns. And it's really one of the beautiful things uh, about D and D is the camaraderie of it, uh, the friendship, the kinship, the brothership. Brothership? Did I really just say that? Brotherhood. Yes, you did. Brotherhood. We'll you know you. what? We'll no, mothership you. is a word. Brothership is now a word. You heard it here, folks. For you heard it here first, folks. Brothership. Brothership. It's a word. Uh, brotherhood, I think, is already a word. It is, but now brothership is a word too. I'm going with that one. I like it better. Okay, we'll go with the it. kinship, the brothership, also the mothership. George Park, you know, the Parliament Funkadelic, whatever you want to say. But here's what it is. The real beautiful thing about D&D to me, and I think James shares this, this sentiment as well, is that you sit down with a group of your friends, and yeah, you're, you're playing the game, you're following the adventure, but the really, really good quality part of it is the, you know, the time you're spending with friends. Uh, that, to me, is what makes D&D as good as it is, is that it's the time you spend with your friends, um, you know, you, you, to be honest with you, most times you spend more time talking about things not related to D&D than you do to D&D. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a funny little video on YouTube where it it's uh, the narrator comes on and he's like, now explore the dark world of Dungeons and Dragons. And all of a sudden you hear this guy come on. And he goes, can I have it? Where's the Mountain Dew? And the guy who's the DM says, they're in the fridge. Then you hear this third voice go, I want to cast a spell. Then the first voice says, can I have a Mountain Dew? Second voice, yeah, they're in the fridge. Just get it. Third person, I want to cast a spell. Folks, that's actually about what a D&D session really yeah. is. Then you're two hours in and you have yet to roll your dice. But it doesn't matter because you're having fun. And that's all the game is really about is having fun, doing it your own way, or you can do it the D and D way. You can go directly by the books. You can do your own thing. It's the really the, the, to me, it's the defining, beautiful part of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it actually says in the uh, book for the game called the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. There's actually a section of it that actually says all of these rules can be adjusted to fit your campaign. They actually tell you in the in the material itself, feel free to make it your own. Uh, I've actually started a campaign. I uh, started it online through an app 
but I'm actually going to transfer it to a tabletop campaign where I'm actually taking the Diablo computer games and I'm actually converting them into a Dungeons and Dragons world for everybody to play in. And I think it started off really good, and I can't wait to do this on tabletop. I yeah, think no, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm seriously enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. Good job, buddy. Thank you, and as and to you because the campaign you told the story on, uh, I enjoyed that campaign. I really did. Oh, really thanks, did. guy. <laughs> well, it you're welcome. I mean, it. I mean, it. it was great. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I I, I think that's going to do it. I, uh, yeah, I I believe we're at the end. Uh, I know we didn't tell a whole lot of stories, folks, but I hope you enjoyed it. We Anyways. really do. Now, uh, before we go, before we sign off for good, uh, we we do want to uh, address some things from the previous episode. Uh, we had uh, a friend of the show write in uh, with some uh, critiques and some points. So this is clear and present evidence. If you write to us, we read the emails. We do. We do. Uh, I'm going to take the first point. Jerry's going to take the second point. Absolutely. If you, if you don't mind, sir. I don't mind at all, sir. Okay. The first point that was brought to our attention was uh, in the midst of our storytelling from the first episode, uh, we talked about Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit somehow. Yes. Uh, we didn't allude on that because we didn't honestly feel the need to. Correct. But we did have a very, very keen listener send in uh, if, that... If there is... A, a master of Star Wars um, trivia or information. This particular listener is the Yoda of Star Wars information. If Yoda were much larger and not green. Yes. Uh, but he actually reminded us that it was actually a bounty hunter named Dengar who had helped Boba Fett escape the Sarlacc pit. Now, for those of you not familiar with Dengar, he only shows up one time in the nine movies. He shows up in Empire Strikes Back. He is shown in the scene where Darth Vader is hiring the bounty hunters. He is the one who looks like a human, and he's wearing bandages on his head in a turban-like fashion. Uh, that's that's it. That's it. Uh, more material is written about him in several of the uh, books that go with the canon Star Wars universe. Or non-canon, depending on which ones you're looking at now. Uh, right. But uh, Dengar is a very interesting character. I definitely encourage you to go pick up any of the books and materials that discuss him. Uh, he's a very interesting character. We're not going to go in depth. We're just kind of covering. Yeah, because that was last week's we... episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry, the so, other point. The other point, um, and this is how astute a listener our friend is here. Okay, so we mentioned off the cuff that uh, Michael Bean uh, of uh, original Terminator Kyle Reese and later on Navy Seals. And even in the lesser known but highly entertaining movie that I enjoyed, Clockstoppers, love that movie, um, was going to be introduced into the series, uh, The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, this uh, listener uh, brought up the point of his character from Tombstone, who we all know as Johnny Ringo. Great movie, by the way. Check it Fantastic out. Fantastic movie. I'm your Huckleberry. Also contains Kurt Russell and Sam Elliott. And Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer. So that's a reason enough to go watch it. Those four are amazing. And I always get these two mixed up, Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. I think this one is Bill Paxton, right? This is Paxton. Yeah, Paxton. Game over, man! (laughs) Aliens reference there. Yeah. So, uh, he brought the idea of maybe him coming in uh, to be a Johnny Ringo-style character. Now, we did make mention uh, of the Western gunslinger feel of the Mandalorian. So the idea... 
of that character coming in as a gunslinger, really not that far-fetched. And would be interesting to see because he's he's done it before. Yes, and done it well. Yes. Johnny Ringo well. is a fantastic character in that movie. And we won't get into the history of Johnny Ringo, but Johnny Ringo is a legit historical character from the Wild West. Uh, not a lot is known about him, uh, but if you get the chance to Google that, Google it. Throw it in your Google machine. Look sure, it up. absolutely. Use the interwebs. Learn something today. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us. Uh, real quick, just want to remind you, you can find us on Twitter at NerdumK. Yes. You can email us at NerdumKnowledge at gmail.com. That is correct. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, the Nerdum and Knowledge Podcast. Indeedy duty. And you can also find us on Instagram. What's that address again, Jerry? Uh, we are at Nerdum and Knowledge on Instagram. Right. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we still haven't posted any photos. I swear to God, we're going to get on this, folks. We're going to we're going to get something up, folks. Yes, we promise. Uh, actually, that reminds me, uh, Kevin Craven, the winner of our gift card. If you will send us a picture of you holding the gift card. We will post that on Instagram. We certainly will. Or you can send us a picture of the stuff you purchased with the gift card. That would be great, too. Or How you can send us a picture of the numbers on the back of the gift card. After you use it? No, be before you use it, man. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> gift card's yours. We're just messing with you, bro. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. What else is there? Oh, yes. Also, don't forget, if you liked what you heard, Please, yes. feel free to go to Patreon and support us. You don't have to, but we would definitely. We're not asking you to do it. We would most definitely appreciate we it. We would certainly appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, we don't want to put a dollar amount on it. Um, you know, a, a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, thousand dollars, whatever. We're not going to tell you what's too much. Uh, but we do have some other exciting announcements coming next week, we hope. Yes. And uh, we will see oh, you. Oh, wait, before we go. Almost forgot, on our Twitter page, right now, at NerdMK, there is a poll for episode three, okay? Three options of subjects that we want to talk about. We do this podcast for you guys. We love talking about this stuff, but we want to give you what you want. So we're giving you the option of picking the subject for our next podcast. Go to at NerdMK. I'm also going to be putting the, pay, the uh, post up on our Facebook page tonight. Uh, for the poll, put in your vote, let your voice be heard, and whatever comes out on top, we're going to give the full nerddom runover in our next episode. That's right, folks. Don't forget to vote, and we will be putting up a poll sometime later on in this week for episode four. Yes. Can't stop us, won't stop us. That's right. We're coming at you. And, folks, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it very much. And, as always, this is Nerddom and Knowledge. First pick for podcast. Last picked in dodgeball. So long, everybody. Stay safe out there.